On the occasion of the 100th episode of Aliens Explored, we would like to thank all of our listeners, both regular and occasional, who have helped us to make it this far. This episode, we will be going back over familiar ground and discussing the life and works of Dr. Stephen M. Greer. Dr. Greer was an emergency room doctor who retired from medicine to pursue his interest in ufology. He has pioneered close encounters of the fifth kind, where contact is initiated by humans, and set up the Disclosure Project with the aim of publicly disclosing the US government's alleged knowledge of UFOs, extraterrestrial intelligence and advanced energy and propulsion systems. This episode is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Jonathan Perner, who has gone the extra mile in supporting Aliens Explored by subscribing to our Patreon and enjoying the benefits. Check out what's on offer at patreon.com forward slash Aliens Explored and see which tier is right for you. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome, listeners, to episode 100. Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Episode 100. Who'd have, uh, have thought we'd have lived so long? I know, right? <laughs> I know. Well, yes, it's episode 100, of course, of Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast where we look into UFOs, the people who study them, uh, all sorts of strange and mysterious and weird and wonderful um, things surrounding the subject. I am one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. Hello, Neil. Episode 100. I know. That's a hell of a milestone. It is, isn't it? What are we coming up for? Two years now, nearly? Two years in two episodes time, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just started this really as a bit of fun during lockdown, didn't we? I know, yeah. (laughs) And look at where it is. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Um, now, I'm glad you mentioned about uh, the two-year mark because something I want to mention to the listeners. Um, mm. The 31st, so episode 102 comes out on the 29th of July. Mm. And that's what we're calling our two-year one. But actually, it is specifically the 31st of July is the two-year anniversary of when we launched. Right. Um, now, I know you are working that day, aren't you? 
I'm I'm going on holiday on the thirty first. Oh, you're going on holiday. That's it. I, I knew am. There was a, yeah, there was a thing. Yes, you're actually travelling that day, aren't you? I'm actually travelling that day. You're yeah. travelling that day. Um, but what I'm going to do in the afternoon, or here in the UK in the afternoon, I'm going to go live on Twitch for an Ask Me Anything session for our listeners. Yeah. An AMA, as it's known. <laughs> I see I'm knows, done with the kids. Who knows how that's going to pan out, <laughs> what they might ask you. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, because you, you're going to be travelling, you're going to be incommunicado. Neil, I'm going to invite you ahead of time, not, mm. not during today's session, but have a think about this. Uh, if you want to write me a list of questions that you would like as well, um do please please do so <laughs> what the hell do you think you're playing <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of them you never know um but for our listeners now last year we did a live twitch um it's actually going to be on a different twitch channel this time uh you might want mm-hmm. to sort of subscribe ahead of time this is going to be twitch.tv forward slash Hailing underscore frequencies. I will put a link in the description so that you can find that. But uh, it's the Hailing Frequencies. It's basically my new Twitch channel. Um, but yes, Ooh. that's where you'll be finding the Aliens Explored. Uh, ask me anything uh, with me. Um, but, right, enough self-promotion. Uh, that's not what we're here to discuss this week, is it? No, no. We're here to discuss something that's appropriate to a one hundredth episode, something with the gravitas and the uh, and the depth and the, and the, the level of interest yeah. for our listeners. Absolutely. Well, it's a, we're talking about a chap who we've mentioned quite a few times on the show already, mm. um, Doctor Stephen M. Greer, actually is- a retired physician and now. F- ufologist well interesting you say and now because he already was whilst he was working as a physician so um Hmm. interesting little snippet so we're we're recording we we record these episodes in advance i think our listeners Hmm. know that uh by now Hmm. um and certainly our patreons who get early access know that we record them in advance because they get access to them a week in advance Hmm. i'm going live um but yeah at the time of recording today, uh, Dr. Stephen M. Greer, it's his birthday tomorrow. So, the 28th of July. 28th of July, he turns 67 years old. Oh, blimey. And do you know what? I hope I look that bloody good when I'm 67. Yeah, well, happy birthday, Dr. Stephen M. Greer. Um, if, if you're listening, it'll be long past your birthday by the time you... Uh, well, it'll be a bit past... It'd be a, a few bit, weeks, a, bit, a few, few weeks. couple of weeks, yeah, a couple, birthday, couple of few weeks. Happy uh, belated. So on on the day before your birthday, <laughs> we're going to wish you happy belated birthday greetings. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, sixty-seven years old. Um, he saw his first UFO aged eighteen, or that he knows of at least, mm. aged eighteen. He saw it at, at quite a close up, quite close range. Mm. Um, and then he saw another one aged thirty-five. As well, yeah. Um, now you mentioned about him being an MD, a, a, a physician, rather. Yeah. Um, so he got his MD in 1987. Uh, started working as an ER physician 
Mm. So like George Clooney. He was in the ER, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm remembering that correctly. Not the sort of programme I would watch, but yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, he became an ER physician in 1989. Because I think there's there's a delay in America, isn't there, between getting, getting your MD qualification and then getting your license. I have no idea. I've no idea what what the procedure is here in the UK. I so. no, neither do I. It's only by looking up mm. <laughs> his history that I've sort of I've picked that up. Well, he got, he got his MD degree from the James H. Quillen College of Medicine of East Tennessee State University in 1987, and received his Virginia medical license in 1989 to yeah. work as an emergency room physician. Physician. And then retired in 1998. So he gave it, gave it nine years before he retired in favour of his ufology activities. Do, do Americans say ufology? Do, do we say ufology? We say U- ufology. We say not ufology. I'm showing my ignorance yet again. Um, although it should now be with UAPs, uh, wapology? Yeah. Well, that, that sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wapologist. Yes. I, hear, uh, I look at um, waps. You, you wap- mm. I don't mm. know. Anyway, yeah. But, or, no, or, we'll or, if, 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 if it's uh, uh, once it's identified, it just becomes an apology. Oh. <laughs> just say, <laughs> yeah, sorry, it, it was a cloud. <laughs> sorry, it was, it, was, it was a reflection of the moon. <laughs> Very and that good. came off the top of my head right then. Uh, spontaneous yeah. spontaneous <laughs> humour, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> At no extra charge. I like it. I like it. Um, yes, as, as you rightly say, he gave up being a physician in 1998 so that he could focus his time fully on mm. ufology. Um, but he had, um, he had already been working in the ufology field for quite some time. Uh, yeah. So in 1990, he founded um, CSETI, the yeah. Center for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Um, and it's through CSETI. So, so they basically, they've got lots and lots of logs of sightings and um, what they call sort of landing evidence or mm. you know, I'm, I'm guessing physical evidence or photographs of landing sites. Um, and it's also, we, we, I know we've mentioned on the show previously about um, CE5. So they, they yes. coined this term close encounter five, which they term as human led or human instigated contact. Right, so I mean, we're, it's a serious update from Close Encounters for the third time where we meet them. There's how many different kinds of Close Encounters are there now? Seven, I think. Seven. So, uh, Close Encounter of the fifth kind, or CE five, is where actually we initiate the contact. Well, there's there's the sort of the Heineck, um the first three that was expanded out to seven, but I think where. Dr. Greer talks about CE5. That's his own take on that. that I don't think that's uh, uh, the official close encounter classification. So, so Stephen Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer, has written a lot and he's made movies. And 
he was a he trained as a transcendental meditation teacher, mm-hmm. um, and serves director of a meditation organization. And isn't this the key to his CE fives that by by meditating you can you can summon these things up? It is. There are groups. In fact, there is an app for this. Uh, you is get there? On your phone. There is an app, C five app, um, where you can find out about groups happening. I'll say locally with a hesitant locally to one person might mean something different to mm. other people. I mean, in America, locally might mean within 300 miles. Uh, here in the UK, locally means walking distance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so locally in inverted commas, um, you can find groups that will go out into areas usually – um, sort of countryside or wilderness or um, desert areas uh, where you can get a good view of the sky. And, uh, yeah, you get meditative groups who have uh, – certainly they claim to have – summoned is perhaps the wrong word, but um, attracted UFOs, um, extra-dimensional beings. Are there similarities between – summoning up a UAP or a, an, an, an extraterrestrial in that way and summoning up the dark Lord of the abyss in a satanic <laughs> ritual. I mean, it sounds very similar. <laughs> well, yeah, you go back a few hundred years and yeah, summoning I'm going an back to extra dimensional <laughs> being. <laughs> but yeah, summoning a, an extra dimensional being via means of meditation would mm. have been seen as witchcraft and black magic and that sort of thing. But wouldn't yeah, isn't this exactly the same? Isn't this I mean yeah. they, does does he have religious fundamentalists chasing after him? I don't him know. Is spawn of Satan. I'd be surprised if he hasn't. Yeah. Um, at least got some people sort of. Because yeah. there is, a, there is Ooh, almost you a, a re- meddle with that. Huh? Yeah, there is. A, I mean, I watched a I watched um, a, a, a Stephen Greer video, a, a movie, some time ago, and it, it is almost a religious kind of thing with him. Well, it seemed to me anyway. <laughs> I I get what you're saying. Um, I'm going to say, because we both watched the same thing. I think hmm. it was Disclosure. We, we watched. watched the same thing, but I guess we both saw different things. Or at least interpreted <laughs> it in different yeah. ways, absolutely. Um, I would say, for me, not so much religious, but certainly it had a very spiritual connotation to it. Yeah. But the trouble is, whenever you get into an area of... I mean, we're actually talking the science of metaphysics here um, where consciousness um, meets matter and, uh, and things like that. Um, It's hard to not go into that sort of thing without it becoming spiritual. And of course, for for a lot of people, spiritual does mean religious. Hmm. It's hard to separate the two for a lot of people. Um, Well, if you are religious, that will be the spiritual dimension of your life, won't it? I go to church and I pray to Jesus. That's my spiritual life. Well, that's the point. And and for me, I, I, I'm only going to speak for myself personally here. Um, religious is is when you start to bring in um, supreme beings, gods, hmm. 
in other words. Um, now, I, you know, I, I respect anyone's right to believe in whatever gods they want to believe in, but I, I personally don't. No, and neither um, do I. But I do consider myself a very spiritual person. You know, I'll do mm. things like, well, you know, I'll meditate. Um, I'll do my crystal healing, for example. Mm. Now, that is a very metaphysical thing. It's a very spiritual thing. It's it's leaning in the direction of the sort of things uh, that Dr. Stephen Greer does through CU5. Mm. Um, but I don't see a religious aspect to it. Now, are you seeing something else? Are you seeing more when you say about religion? Well, my religion begins and ends with uh, coveting my neighbour's ass and cast, casting <laughs> my seed on the ground. But no, you said it seemed like a religious thing to you. Um, yeah, he seemed to be speaking more like a, more like a, almost like an evangelist about it. His belief was sure and certain he wasn't just positing theories and saying maybe this maybe that he was saying yeah if you do this you can definitely meet these you can summon up these extraterrestrials because we are all of one thing and we can we can bring them about and and he's talking from experience this is something he has actually done himself um i believe that he believes he's done it i don't okay no uh, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. But that's the point. Um, so just he's like going I, I, to... I, I believe that someone really believes they've seen the vision of the Virgin Mary. The same thing. I'm prepared to accept that they actually believe it. Yes, that, that and do you know what? That's fair enough. Um, hmm. But yeah, I can see why he might sound a bit evangelical because I think when you when you do have a strong belief in something. Um, hmm particularly of a spiritual nature, and you talk about it with passion, yeah, where is that line between being evangelical and not being, Where you know, where's that drawn? Yeah. Um, I mean, he obviously, you know, he, he's had a moment, because I, I was just looking at the timeline of his studies. So when, when he qualified with a, a degree in biology in 1982, so I, I guess he would have started in, what, 1979, um, then got his got his uh, MD degree in 1987. Then his Virginia medical license in 1989. So you're talking that's ten years of study. Um, and if you study for something to qualify for something, if you study for, for that long, you're probably expecting for that to repay itself over mm. the rest of your life. And then ten years later, he retired. Well, may, I mean, maybe being a being a, an emergency room doctor is more lucrative than I realised. But yeah, you, you study for ten years, but then you've only got to work for ten more years, and you know you, you can go and do what you like. Um, or, or really, he had this moment and said, "No, that's it. Yeah, I know. I spent all this time studying, and I, I've, I've qualified in this, but now I've got to go and uh, go and um, uh, do this other thing." You know, I suppose anyone can decide that something isn't for them, or in his case, found something much more important. He found a calling that um, that drew him away from. What it's what is his chosen path of study? Well, it's interesting you say that about a cult because it's not like he did his studies, became a physician, and then later on 
found this, you know, found you, mm. followed you, or you followed you, found him, or however you want to look at it. No, this was happening simultaneously. And and you hit the nail on the head. You do all that study, you expect it to pay back. You you expect to be doing it. Yeah, studying for 10 years, he, he obviously yeah. expected to be doing that for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I, I think that lends him actually a lot of credibility. Mm. And it's also, it's also interesting when someone says, I'm doctor, whatever, and I'm here to talk about ufology or whatever. You, you expect them to be a doctor of astrophysics or something. And <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm actually a doctor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if, you, if, you, if your chest starts getting a bit tight, just put your hand up and hold it. <laughs> Is there a doctor uh, in the auditorium? Oh, wait, I'm one, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I have actually a doctor, a doctor of medicine, yeah. Um, yes. I mean, there, there's, a, I suppose, the flip side to that, whereby, you know, it, uh, we, hopefully, most of us do respect and acknowledge that doctors are intelligent, well-educated people. Um mm. And there is, but we do automatically expect that their doctorate is in the field of their endeavours. Yes. Um, so, like you say, yeah, you'd think he was a doctor of yeah astrophysics or, or physics um, or, or something aeronautics yeah, of or that you know, nature. Yeah. Um, do you think that lends discredit to? Not at all. Not at all. I don't know why I even mentioned it. It's just that I, I know that in, in certainly in Britain, um, there's no law that says you can't call yourself Doctor Stu Jackson or Professor Stu Jackson. The only thing there's a law against is actually claiming to be a, a medical doctor, a doctor of medicine. Really? Yeah, that's that's against the law. But you well. can check into a hotel saying I'm Doctor Stuart Jackson and. And um, that'll be your, your assumed name. Well, I don't. So, when, you, when you're checking in with someone else's wife, I never use Stuart, so that's not. Yeah, yeah. not even as a, a pseudonym. Um, uh, I mean, it's Stuart on my passport, obviously, but that's and my driving license. That's it. Mm. That's yeah. all legal documents. Um, but no, if I'm checking into a hotel, no, I use Stu. So, yeah, it's, I it's um i mean partly so so you'll know as well we we kind of register our names with equity the actors union mm. um as our brand um yeah. and and partly it's that because you know Stu jackson is my acting mm. name um but more than that it's it's because nearly 10 years ago um i basically reinvented myself quite a lot, uh, did a lot of work through therapy and such like, and I, I use it to separate who I was from mm. who I am now. That mm. I was Stuart Jackson, now I'm Stu Jackson. Um, it sounds like minutiae, um, and some no, listeners will think, be thinking, it's that sounds like it? nonsense, but it yeah, works I mean, for me. We're all constantly reinventing ourselves, I think. You know, oh yeah, and, absolutely. And we are all, all we are different things to different people. If a hundred people know you, they'll all know a slightly different version of you. But yeah, if you've decided to make a certain, certainly a break with a a troublesome past, then yeah, what better than changing your name? Yeah, well, it was a um, even even an even an adjustment to it. 
Yeah, a life all, affirming event. Yeah, but all that <laughs> shit that happened, all all that stuff was done by a Stuart. And yeah. I'm not Stuart, I'm not that man. And you're not that man anymore anyway. No. But um no. you've even got a different name now. I mean, I take responsibility for everything that I did back then. It's not so like I'm that, trying to avoid responsibility. I mean, we're we're digressing, so take your drinks, everybody. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was going to suggest to our listeners, you know, anytime you're feeling down, you know, just go for a little walk, maybe maybe catch a plane somewhere, maybe change your name. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't move mm. at the time. I've moved since, but I didn't mm. move at the time. No, it was. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm happy to share. I, I basically I had a nervous breakdown because um, mm. of where my life had led to up until that point. Um, so yeah, so it was uh, it was useful for me to separate myself out with the mm. things, that, not so much the things I'd done, but the things that had happened to me. Um, but anyway, that's a, that's a whole other we're getting way mm. off topic now. Back yeah. on to Doctor Stephen Greer then. Yeah, and that we've got to mention the disclosure project, haven't we? If we're talking yes, about Doctor Stephen Greer, which he founded also before he retired, so five years before he retired uh, from mm. medicine in 1993. So the goal of that project is to, according to Wikipedia, to publicly disclose the government's alleged knowledge of UFOs, extraterrestrial intelligence, and advanced energy and propulsion systems. Yes. So this is this is your hobby horse, isn't it? That the government's got crashed UFOs and they've reverse engineered the technology. Absolutely. Uh, no, I'm definitely with uh, with Dr. Greer on this one. Do you, do you think that might be the reason why the United States currently, as we speak here in 2022, seems fairly relaxed about getting into an open war with Russia, something that was unthinkable during the Cold War? That there were actually, you know, we've got generals talking about sending NATO troops in to fight the Russians. Do you think the Americans are thinking, actually, we've finally got the hang of this technology? We've reverse engineered it. We've got these amazing weapons and vehicles and whatever. They they won't stand a chance. We're going to easily wipe them out. Let them bring it on. That we- is an interesting theory. Um, a fascinating theory, I would say. <laughs> See, as I, as I was asking, I was thinking, "This is sounding stupider and stupider." No, no, I can, mm. I can see how you would come to. Oh, I'm not suggesting you have come to that theory, mm. but uh, I can see why you might ask it. Um, mm. But no, it's the understands. <laughs> I think they're doing it because they want to distract from the shit that's going on. Hmm. In exactly the same way that the UK does. Like, you know, oh dear, like, you know, our Prime Minister's been caught committing crimes. Well, look over here. Here's this other thing happening that you need to look at. Yeah, and it's it's it depends on who you're talking about. I mean, when when America and NATO got bogged down in Afghanistan and Iraq and it was going to be a you know, long, endless an endless, unwinnable war. And some commentators said, well, they obviously didn't learn the lessons of Vietnam. I would argue that corporate America did learn the lesson of mm. Vietnam, which is that a long, bloody, drawn-out conflict is really good for business. <laughs> Didn't we make a lot of money during Vietnam? How can we get how can we get the country bogged down in another long, unwinnable war? And yeah. how, how can we get the other side bogged down in a long, unwinnable war? You know, if, I think no one seems to care much about what's happening to the Ukraine. I think if you want to look at what the US plan for ukraine is we'll just look at afghanistan that's that's your future mate a devastated battleground yes yes not good not but not involving alien technology 
to wipe out the... Well, uh, uh, they might end up using it. I mean, I you know, I'm of the belief that it's already in use and in plain sight um, anyway. But that's mm. a whole other thing. Um, I mean, it's the closest I can think of, you know, we're talking about reverse-engineered alien technology, was during the Strategic Defence Initiative, Ronald Reagan's Star Wars and all these exotic weapons that were being developed to be used in space, either against other spacecraft or about, or against targets on the on the surface of the planet. These these rail guns that could you know, would use an electromagnetic field to shoot rounds at a phenomenal rate mm. from somewhere you know, miles up in the atmosphere. And with well, pinpoint if you've accuracy. not got gravity exerting an influence or the resistance created by atmosphere, mm. then, yeah, you can fire things at a much greater rate. Yeah. Uh, simple Newtonian physics um, behind that. I mean, my recollection of, of the Star Wars project, Reagan Star Wars, um, I was obviously quite young at the time. Mm. Um, and I remember it being basically a way of them being able to shoot down potential nuclear missiles being fired. Yes. That that was I, I don't recall it being, you know, the idea being to shoot down other spacecraft or anything like that. Um well I think they're assuming that the Russians might have something similar where we might need to I remember there was a weapon it was a satellite with a nuclear warhead in it. Um and when it when it erupted, you get you know, the first thing you get in a nuclear explosion is the flash. Mm. Well, there'd be a series of lenses which would make that flash go in a in a direct line. It was it was a, a destructive, long range ray. Effectively, right. I mean, the instant before the blast destroyed the satellite, there will be this this concentrated beam of light that would right. yeah roast anything it hit. And of course, um, electromagnetic pulses. You you get an electromagnetic um, distortion from nuclear um, mm. nuclear explosions anyway. Uh, yeah. That just wipes out all technology. Yeah, I remember when because um, I, I was in the army at the time of the the, the SDI. <laughs> Yeah, SDR. <laughs> so I was going to say STD. ST, <laughs> SDR. Pronounce that correctly. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember a Russian pilot defected to Japan with the new MiG, whatever it was called, the, a codename the Foxbat by by NATO. And when when the experts examined it, they said, "Well, this must be a, a a joke. This this can't be a real aircraft. If one thing, it's made of steel, which is all right. It's better than wood, but it's not that great." And there's no technology in it. It's all just valves and, and things. And um, But it took them a while to realise that this aircraft wouldn't be affected by EMP. Mm. That was their low-tech answer. They, they would be able to fly these jets over a nuclear battlefield. Right, which would then give them superiority if they yeah. dropped their nuclear bomb. Yeah. You've got to think about that sort of thing, yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, we've gotten slightly off topic, so we've hit that <laughs> time in the show. Um, so, Neil, summaries then. I know you said you 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 believe that he believes, mm. uh, Dr. Greer, but, but to have spent, to have given up a career as a physician 
hmm. and to have dedicated his life in a field where basically you're going to get ridiculed a hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, surely he wouldn't be doing that without, without a lot of credence to it. I mean, we're assuming it's a rational decision that he made and he didn't have some kind of breakdown. I mean, doctors are under enormous pressure right from the moment they decide to become a doctor. Um, maybe he caved to that. I mean, people used to laugh at David Icke, but he was a retired footballer. You know, he had his career. It was kind of over. Um, he could go off and do whatever he liked. So I, I definitely think, yeah, it happens with, with the regular religions. We certainly see it in Christianity a lot that people suddenly become fired up with a belief about something. And you know, some maybe it's a, a belief system that they've had for a while, but suddenly it intensifies. Um, Americans will have heard of something called Jerusalem syndrome, which is that usually young American Christians go over to Israel. They go to visit the holy sites and, um, and they vanish. Their families lose track of them. And so they have to hire people to go and track them down. And, and they'll usually find them in Bethlehem or Nazareth, wearing a robe and carrying a shepherd's crook and shouting hallelujah at people. And you know, they yeah, come on, it's, it's time to come home, Steve. You know, it's, yeah. that's a, that, it's a very common thing. It's called Jerusalem syndrome. It, it's, right. Um, okay. um, and, but I, I, do, I do wonder how much, I mean, Stephen Greer, obviously he, he's, I mean, you can almost say that by switching from emergency medicine to transcendental medication, to transcendental meditation, <laughs> medication, yeah, um, that he's he's just moved into a slightly different branch of medicine. That that there is a therapeutic um, aspect to transcendental meditation. It's not all about just summoning up lights in the sky. It's yep. all about. Um, becoming at one with the universe and i guess for stephen greer it's a it's a universe in which there are beings from other planets or dimensions or or dimensions whatever or, yeah we're not entirely sure um but yeah but the whole bit about the u.s government actually yeah i, I know this is where we differ this is where, <laughs> this is where a, a sharp line in the sand is drawn about the u.s government actually having crashed ufos and being able to to exploit that technology. Mm. Well, I, I think, yeah, I, so I, I agree entirely. You know, the guy talks with passion, and I am mm. absolutely certain he, he is speaking with belief. Um, mm. I was actually expecting you to basically say, ah, he's done all this to make money. <laughs> Has um, he made money? <laughs> he's made, he makes a living at it. Yeah. You know, I, and more than he'd have made if he'd just stayed being a doctor. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Know. I, I was expecting that. Um, but yeah, that from you. But uh, but no. Yeah, I I'm absolutely certain he believes what he's saying. And uh, yeah, I I agree with him. Hmm. What a surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Shock revelation there for our listeners. Mm. But do you know what I want to know? I want to know what our listeners think about Dr. Stephen Greer. Is he is he someone who is actually working hard to look after our interests and to get the information out there? Or is he just a charlatan, perhaps, who's trying to make a few easy bucks? 
Who knows? But do let us know what you think via the usual means. You can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can contact us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Aliens Explored. Or if you are one of our Patreon members, you get exclusive access to our Aliens Explored Discord server, where you can discuss Dr. Greer or anyone else involved in ufology or any other ufology-related subject with like-minded people and maybe even people that will disagree with you, like Neil. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we got some good discussions going on in there. So, uh, yeah, check that out. All the links are in the description below. Join us next time, though, when we will be... (laughs) No doubt Neil and I will be disagreeing again. Uh, (laughs) We will be discussing the Majestic Documents, the official US government uh, documents talking about the UFO phenomenon. I think we'll be more than disagreeing, mate. I think we'll be pints down out in the car park. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sort be, this out once and for all handbags at dawn yeah. <laughs> we will have to find out next week so don't miss that one in the meantime keep watching the skies because that's what Dr. Gray does he does? yeah <laughs> and, and maybe become the skies as well Let's become one with the skies it's a zen thing Right, take care for now. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit AliensExplored.com.